Welcome to Pencil Leadership. I'm Chris Anderson, success and lifestyle entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help you realize your full potential so you can leave a positive mark on the world. So if you're ready, take out your pencils and let's begin. This is episode 138 with best-selling author Bill Shaka. And if you want to make a difference in the lives of others, share this episode, go over to Apple Podcasts and follow us there to leave a positive rating and review. And together we can leave a bigger positive mark on the world. Hey, great to be here. Thank you. No problem. Yeah, definitely excited to top in here. A little jealous. I know before we started going live, you said you're in Costa Rica, 89 degrees, looking at the palm trees and pools out. So little jealous. It's warm here in Indiana, but not that warm. <laughs> so... This is the power of goal setting. It took me a few years to get here, but I did. I live in a little funky little surf town called Tamarindo on the Northwestern Gold Coast. So I'm about 10 minutes away from a dozen different beaches. Oh, wow. And I normally frequent one beach a day, not to surf, to walk it. And then I spend some time in the pool. And you know what, my friend? Life is good. Yeah. So why Costa Rica? I'm curious. I don't know. <laughs> I've been coming down here for about 12, 13 years, 14, 15 years or so on vacations, and I always felt the vibe. I've been to Dominican Republic, to Mexico, to Thailand. I'm still not sure. Thailand might be it. And then once I'm in Thailand, I might end up popping over to Cambodia or Vietnam and seeing what that's all about. I can't believe it. God bless her if my mother was alive. And I said, Mom, I'm thinking of moving to Cambodia. She said, Cambodia? You know, now they're they're great tourist places. You know, Walter Cronkite's dead. There's no more war. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's exciting. Joked with my wife about, you know, maybe we should move out and then go to Costa Rica or Puerto Rico or somewhere. That's going to take quite a bit to to get her on board with that one day. But yeah, that's cool to cool to see. My ex-wife a lot of cajoling too. Notice I said ex. Yeah. Oh Uh, gosh. Well, I'm glad, I mean, you had that going, you got it. So that's pretty awesome. I would love to hear a little bit more about what you do, explaining kind of that to the audience, and then we'll kind of dive into the traits of pencil leadership that's been sure. along your journey. Well, I mean, over the years, my vision and career focus has morphed quite a bit. If I was talking to you 25 years ago, I'd be sitting here talking to you about goal setting and the power of success and how you need to do it. And I had that constipated look on my face. <laughs> But over the years, it's changed quite a bit. And now it's really about what I like to call making your ding in the universe. Mm. I want to make my ding in the universe. And I make my ding in the universe by helping other people make their ding in the universe. That's why I send out free videos every single day. That's why I do what I do. And you know, the funny thing is, you know what I found? Yeah, what's that? The money comes in. Mm. Somehow or another, the money comes in. You know, it's like you send out what you need to to the universe, and somehow something opens up, and you're just able to grab a couple of bucks here, a couple of bucks there, and lo and behold, you got a living. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so cool. And it kind of resonates with what I'm doing with pencil leadership, helping people leave their positive mark on the world, living to their full potential. So that's a really cool yeah. connection there. You so, do a lot of great things. I've been following oh, you with the emails that you would send to me. I'm very impressed. I appreciate that. It's been a big learning curve and a fun one, but just getting started. So we got many, many more years to get to my goals, but I'm excited for it. Learning from a lot of people. I mean, there's so many mentors out there and that's kind of the first trait of pencil leadership. So a pencil has to be held and guided to leave a mark. And we're the same way. We need to have people in our lives that you know, help guide us, shape us, direct us as mentors and coaches or whatever you want to call them. So I'm curious, looking back throughout your journey, has there been maybe a specific mentor that really has played a huge 
role in your success and it's gotten you to where you've been or maybe a, a piece of advice that you were given? Yeah, well, I can tell you about my first one. It was a professor of economics at the school that I got my master's from, Wilch University. I was undergraduate. I was a philosophy and sociology major. Don't laugh. In the 70s, we were all hippies. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. And this wasn't the 70s. This was actually only about 10 years ago. Uh, <laughs> what happened, though, after they cut the hair, I noticed there's a hole here. I don't know what happened. Oh. Uh, but I was a philosophy major. I took a job as a juvenile probation officer. Within the span of three months, I had a knife, a carpet cutter, and a penis pulled on me. I won't get into that. At least I without a couple of shots of Jack Daniels. And the end result was I hightailed it back for an MBA. I didn't have any undergraduate courses. So the first course I said, it was principles of accounting, which was about as dry as rat dung. And then the next course was principles of economics. And I fell in love. Again, philosophy and sociology, social science. Huh. Economics was a social science. Dr. Howard Williams literally changed my life. I sat in so many classes of his just auditing them. And I took some of his courses two and three and four times just because I wanted to figure out how to learn the material better. Anyway, I graduated with my MBA in May of 1982. In September of 1982, I started teaching at the local community college. Guess what I started teaching? Economics. <laughs> Didn't stop until a year or two ago. Wow. Straight span, almost 40 years of teaching economics. Wow. And you have to understand, economics is more than just an academic discipline. It's mm -hmm. a method of thinking. You think to, it's like getting a degree in law. If you become a lawyer, even if you don't want to study law, it gives you a method of thinking. That's what economics is. Economics literally changed my life. Dr. Williams died a few years back in class, a three-hour class. He would smoke almost two-thirds of a pack of unfiltered Paul Malls. And then he did woodworking without a mask on. Oh, he got wow. lung cancer. Go figure. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah. he literally changed the way I think. And you know what I'm happy to say? Many of the principles that I've learned from him back in the 80s that he learned back in the 60s, I taught to my students back in, you know, 90s, 2000, 2000, teens and so forth. It's just a never ending process. So with that, you say economics is a mindset and that you learned a lot from your professor, Professor Williams. What is that difference that he made in your life with that mindset? He gave me the self-confidence to get in front of a group of strangers and talk. Hmm. That's the mindset change. Yeah. It just so happened it was economics. All right. It could have been anything, but it just so happened it was economics. I had an affinity toward econ. I never even needed to take notes in the class. It just stuck with me for some reason. But he taught me to get up in front of a room and talk. He huh. taught me self-confidence. He taught me self-esteem. Something I never got off my parents. I mean, mm. God bless them. My parents grew up during the Great Depression. Oh, wow. They never thought the Depression ended. Oh. All right? It was always going on. Even till they died in the first couple years of this century, there was always a Depression. Mm. Dr. Williams taught me something different. So how did he go? Did you like meet with him actually like a mentor mentee relationship or just through his class or what was that Before like Before class after class gotcha. i call him at home i mean we never went out for a beer although back then it was so it was very easy to do that yeah but now you got to be careful you can't mm -hmm. do this yeah so we just talked and talked and talked and talked about economics and it was a fantastic relationship did he ever give you opportunities to speak that helped you with your confidence or just kind of his motivation outside of class I never thought about it. I never asked him. He never volunteered. But after 
I had to give some presentations in some of my graduate courses, and I did it on the theory of the firm, which is a huge component of microeconomics. And one of the students, they had to rate us on different attributes. On self-confidence, on a scale of 1 to 10, she gave me an 11. Wow. And that all came from him. That, That came from just having the confidence to get up and talk about something like that. Mm. I mean, economics is pretty cool because most people don't understand it. So even if you make a mistake, nobody knows. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I did my best not to make mistakes. Yeah, that's funny. So it kind of transitions into the next couple traits of pencil leadership. The second one being a pencil has to be sharpened so it can have a point and leave a mark. But the sharpenings take part of the pencil away. They're uncomfortable. They hurt. So in your journey... What's been a time that has really kind of been maybe painful or has really shaped you? And in the moment was hard, but looking back, you see the positive growth that came from it. Back in the late 1990s and early 2000s, I owned a chain of donut shops and ice cream parlors. And, uh, you know, you might laugh because you go into a donut shop, right? You spend $3.50 on two donuts and a cup of coffee. But by today's standards, those six shops and the three ice cream parlors, uh, would be around the $17 million a year mark. I also had several other businesses, a car wash, a textbook resale company, a company that recharged toner cartridges. I still always did consulting and so forth. I brought at least one, maybe one and a half individuals in to the business that I shouldn't have. And they turned out to be kind of sycophants and they really didn't do a very, very good job. One person, I don't know, he just left. And when he left, $400,000 was gone. And my accountant said, he's got to be the smartest guy I ever met or the dumbest. But uh, I mean, we had 14 bank accounts. I couldn't find a penny missing, but it was gone. I had to throw everything into bankruptcy. I lost $1.2 million in properties, another half a million in cash. I had nothing. I had $10,000 left. I was living in my grandparents' house who had died decades before. The house was worth about $35,000. You can imagine this wasn't exactly Buckingham Palace. I had $10,000 left to my name and I got a call from my payroll processing company. And he said, Bill, you have one more payroll. I know you're bankrupt. If you want to make this last payroll for your employees, wouldn't be a bad idea, but it's up to you. I said, how much is it, Tony? He said, 10,000. So I sent them my last $10,000 and that was it. However, it wasn't for that. I never would have accepted a full-time professorship at the university that I taught at. And I never would have written my first book in 2012 called Gold's Book or its sequel, Gold's Book 2, or any of the other books that I've written, or I never would have taken this consulting company worldwide as I did. So you might think $2 million is a hefty tuition, and it was. And I'll tell you, at the time, I mean, I lost everything. I lost my family. However, it's funny how the universe works. You've got to give something up to get something. And sometimes you don't necessarily want to give up what you do, but if you want that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, you have to. Right. Yeah. You have to make room for something new. Yes. So if you ask me any regrets, not really. Yeah. It's all part of the plan, right? All part of the journey to get there. You know what? I'm looking forward to the next life. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. And you hear, I mean, you hear stories all the time. Like when I'm looking up to mentors, when I'm researching, when I'm learning from others. Like you always hear their stories. You hear those moments of like clear desperation and just 
hard times and then just seeing them turn around in those moments of positivity of good come and then that start to grow and same in your story which is amazing and awesome that now you're you know, helping people leave their ding in the universe and that's an awesome story resiliency i think really thank you uh, yeah yeah at its moments but it's for awesome. sure and i'm sure along that journey so getting into the third trade of pencil ship is that pencils they have erasers and they have an eraser because, you know, the pencil's not perfect and the guide's not perfect and they're going to be mismarkings and they're going to have to try to fix those mistakes and learn from those mistakes so they don't do it in the future. So same with us. I'm not perfect. I've made plenty of mistakes and will continue to make mistakes along my journey. Besides bringing those business partners who were not the best into your business, is there any other moments that not regret, but mistakes you made that you had to work at correcting outside of that business mistake wasn't that enough it was a two million dollar mistake <laughs> right what do you want from me yeah <laughs> i'm only kidding you. No. yeah yeah there were a couple of different paths that i kind of wish i took like you know you see that guitar in the background mm -hmm. i used to have 18 guitars I had a little recording studio in one of my houses. I had to get rid of them. My ex-wife was threatening to break them. But I wish I spent more time actually with the guitar. I actually took a couple of years of classical guitar lessons, and I was getting pretty good at it. And, you know, it's to the point that I kind of wondered. I read a book by Robin Sharman called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. And he taught them there about a CPA that became a jazz guitarist. He left the financial world to become a jazz guitarist. And obviously, he's not making anywhere near the kind of money that he was making, but he's happy. And I keep thinking, would I have been happy as a classical guitarist? You know, I know I would have been happy in rock and roll and just losing the women. The fact is, is that, yeah, I would have been. And it would have been nice to explore, and I didn't give it enough time. So, I mean, if there's a moral that I could give to your audience, search your pathways, search your roads as deeply as you can until you realize that you can't go any further. I never did that with guitar, and I wish I did. That's such a good statement. Search your pathways as deeply as you can until you can't go any farther. Because I think a lot of times we're so kind of conditioned program, you know, we see everyone, the path that everyone else takes. And we think that's, you know, go to school, go to college, get a job, follow in, in the footsteps. But, and what pencil leadership is, is helping people see their true potential and living into that to leave their positive mark in the world. And I think we miss that in a lot of lives because we don't follow those pathways as far as we can. We don't explore, you know, that passion of guitaring, uh, that passion of art, that passion of whatever it is far enough because of whatever fear, because of, you know, rejection, whatever it might be. And I think we're really missing out in so many different lives because of that. I think that's a great statement, though. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I hope your audience can glean some information from it. It's definitely a good one to have out there. Because you think, I mean, I thought for a while now that after high school, we're supposed to have it all figured out. <laughs> you know, what are you going to go to college for? Oh, this, and I'm going to do this. And it's like, we're, we're teenagers still. Like, how do we know really what we're meant to be doing or what we're supposed to end up doing? There's so much out there to explore. Yeah, I found I got it mostly figured out after 62. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And that's what I'm saying, that we got so much time. Like, And kids, like they aren't able or they don't, put the time to experience that career at all. They don't, you know, internship, they don't volunteer to see, Hey, is this something I'd actually enjoy being and doing day in and day out? And I have to tell you for the number of students that I've coached and counseled over the years, I'm so happy. I got a lot of them into business and economics, 
But let me tell you something else, too. I got one student out of business. I talked to him very frankly. He quit the university, went to a trade school, and became an HVAC mechanic. Another one became a diesel mechanic at the same trade school. And I had one leave to join the CIA, not the Central Intelligence Agency, the Culinary Institute of America. He became a chef. I've been cooking Southern Italian food since I was five years old. He used to come into my office and we would talk about how do you make the perfect lasagna noodle. You know, so helping people does not always mean that you are going to help them along your path. You got to help them along their path, even if it's uncomfortable for you. Yeah, I think that's a very good point because, I mean, that's not everyone's strength. That's not everyone's path to start a business. It's, again, going to the strengths, going to their passions, going to what they're created to do. That's really you're able to do that direct and, and guide in those, you know, hey, maybe this isn't for you, but your strengths are here. So why don't you explore that? I think that's a really, really good mentor right there. Well, do our best. That's how we make our ding in the universe. Yeah, Help absolutely. Make ding. For sure. And I think a lot of it comes to the character we have too. I mean, you could have, you didn't, which is great. You could have just like, oh yeah, let me show you how to do this. And, and you know, take the paycheck and, and everything and kind of force them in, force a round peg in a square hole. But that's just kind of a testament to your character. And that's the fourth trait of pencil leadership is a pencil you know, it doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside. It's the lead on the inside that leaves the mark. And that's the most important thing. And it's the same in our life, our character, our heart, our soul, our spirit, whatever is on the inside comes out, you know, our mindset, that's what comes out and leaves the mark in the world. And so with that, like, what are some values that you really hold to a really high standard when you work with people, when you connect with people, what are those? You know, it's funny you say that Wayne Dyer did an excellent talk about that. He said, what do you get when you squeeze an orange? And, you know, the obvious answer is orange juice. So you, you don't get apple juice on Tuesday. You don't get grapefruit <laughs> juice before noon. Whenever you squeeze an orange, you get apple juice. That's what comes out of an orange when you squeeze it. What comes out of you when you squeeze mm. you? Yep. And that's important. What comes out of us? One of my books, I've got to get it published. It's ready to go. It's talking about developing a life vision. Mm -hmm. I think that's so very important to do. Yeah. And then from that. Your personal you values. Yep. Yeah. And I will tell you, too that I've developed greatly over time. The first is forgiveness. Mm. And this is so hard. This is so hard because I am doing my best to forgive everybody, everything. There are no justified resentments. There are no justified discontents. I forgive everybody, everything. I forgive my ex-wife, mm. children. I forgive my ex-business partners. And this is hard. Yeah. This is hard because sometimes you just come across some assholes. <laughs> yeah. But the first thing I try to do is offer forgiveness. The second mm. thing is be grateful. Yes. And I set my alarm every morning for 4.30. I set a second alarm for 4.32. Now, I don't sleep in for that two minutes. <laughs> what I do is give thanks. Mm. Then I get out of bed. I put my right foot down and say, thank. I put my left foot down and say, you, thank mm. you. Now, you have to decide who you're going to give gratitude to. Mm -hmm. I was born a Roman Catholic. I guess to a large degree, I still am, except all the churches in Costa Rica are locked up. So it's, you can't uh -huh. get So I give thanks to the traditional Christian Godhead, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You mm -hmm. got to decide who you give thanks to. I mean, there are some people out there that probably want to give thanks to the roots of trees. I, I don't particularly care. You do what you're comfortable with. The point is, though, is that when you give gratitude, you are acknowledging the fact that there is a higher presence. Mm -hmm. Is God really a person or is he just a higher vibrating wave? I don't know. 
But the point is, is that we have to give thanks to somebody and that's gratitude. And that's the second attribute that I think I bring to the world. And the funny thing is, if you ever read a book by Wallace Waddles mm-hmm. called The Science of Getting Rich, mm-hmm. which is about 110 years old right now, <laughs> he says in that book, when you're feeling down, when you're feeling depressed, stop, take some time off and think about what you are grateful for. Yeah, That's why on a daily basis, I document what I am mm. grateful for. You know what? Sometimes it's very simple. How many times did you ever give thanks to your toenails? Did you ever lose a toenail <laughs> and try to walk? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, how many times did you ever give thanks for a bowel movement? Right. Were you ever constipated? <laughs> so there's so many things that we can give thanks for and gratitude. And funny thing is, gratitude and forgiveness are two sides of that same coin. Because as you become more grateful, you realize that that person really isn't an asshole. <laughs> They're on their own heroic journey, just like you are. Yep. And as the Zen masters say, the beginning is actually the end. Mm. Wisdom occurs, and we're all on different paths to go from the beginning to the end. Yep. Wisdom occurs when we realize that the end is the beginning. Aha. Mm. Chew on mm. that for a while. Yeah, that's uh, a good so- one. And it's funny. So we, I just had a conversation the other day about that kind of same thing and how if we can be grateful in the moments for what's going on and see people as that as people and kind of put ourselves in their shoes a little bit or try to that empathy comes and then it kind of helps us to heal and move on because the forgiveness isn't for them necessarily. The forgiveness is for us to be able to move forward and let go of that weight and kind of have that peace. And so I think those are really two good values to have in life from your perspective, for sure. I think I'm with you on those two, 100%. Excellent. I just read an interesting abstract from Harvard Mm -hmm. University about leadership characteristics. What's quickly emerging is the number one leadership characteristic. You just mentioned it, empathy. Who'd have thunk, right? (laughs) I mean, think about that. I can remember doing my doctoral research 25 years ago and some of the information on leadership. You know, you talked about dedication toward a vision, action steps Mm -hmm. to move you forward. Empathy. Worrying about what the little people underneath you think about? Never. But yet it's emerging. Our world is really on the cusp of making some very, very gigantic awareness changes. Mm -hmm. I look forward to get up every morning. I just wonder what's happening out there. Yeah, it's an interesting shift and change in a good way, I think, being able to, again, yeah, just kind of put yourself in other people's shoes and have that empathy towards them and I think once we can do that and once we can have that transparency of like, hey, I I did screw up, like, let's work through this, you know, and apologize, move forward and have that forgiveness piece and then grateful for the chance to learn and move forward. I think it all will shift a lot of things for the better. Yeah, it's happening. Mm -hmm. It's happening. Yeah. So maybe we'll hear Zuckerberg come out and and ask for forgiveness about something later. Who knows if you've been following that at all for Facebook. (laughs) You know what? Uh, like I said, sometimes it takes a lot of work to forgive people. Yep. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm with you on those two. Those are really good ones. And I'm glad to see more of it in the world. But coming kind of full circle with pencil leadership, the fifth trait being a pencil is created uniquely to write on different surfaces. It's different than a pen or a paintbrush. And it has that unique ability to leave a positive mark. And the same for us to leave our mark, to leave our ding in the universe, however you want to put it by our abilities, our, our talents, our, our certain traits that only we have. So with that, on your journey, when everything is said and done for you here on earth, what do you hope your positive mark is on the world? 
Yeah, it's an interesting question because Christianity and Eastern tradition have some very, very distinct differences. And the biggest is being reincarnation. So you kind of wonder, are you going to come back as a different person or are you just done and God's going to say, hey, you did a great job. Come on in and have a beer or, you know, you really suck. Just go to hell. I don't know. I can tell you this, that I don't know how I am going to be judged at the end of my life. All I know is what I am doing every single day. That's it. And I'm doing everything that I think I can do on a daily basis to make my ding in the universe by helping people like you and your listeners make their ding in the universe. Every day, I put out a short video. It's a membership called The 5-Minute Motivator. It's free. And you realize what it takes to put out a five-minute video on a daily basis? I mean, it takes me an hour or two to research it takes me an hour to condense it down and then condense it and recondense it and recondense it. And then to get it down to, I say five minutes, but more like four minutes just to keep it on the shorter side. It takes a lot of work. And I offer that for free. And I do it primarily because that's my way of saying this is the way I'm going to make my thing in the universe by having you make your thing in the universe so that hopefully when I die, Jesus is going to say, come on in and have a beer. Yeah. That's awesome. I think, and it shows like you're giving, you're kind of extending that hand, open that hand up to be able to receive back. So leaving your mark by just helping other people leave their mark, leaving their ding on the world. It's such a noble mission. And it was really great to connect with you on here about that. I know you mentioned your five minute motivator membership and that link will be in the show notes for those listening, but where else can people find and connect with you if they want to, you know, pick your brain, learn more about you or anything like that? Absolutely. Well, there's obviously the YouTube channel, which is okay. the repository for all the five minute motivator links. That would be the easiest place to get me is to just type my name or the five minute motivator in YouTube. But my company is Intelligent Motivation Incorporated. Okay, that's the name of my company, Intelligent Motivation Incorporated. My email is very simple. It's bill at intelligentmotivationincorporated.com. So, I mean, the end result is if anybody wants to reach out to me, they can. I had spent a voluminous amount of time on LinkedIn. I've got about 17,000 first-level connections. So LinkedIn is another place to get a hold of me, Biagio, Bill Shaka. And yeah, reach out to me. Let's talk. It would be a pleasure to talk to you again, my friend, Absolutely. or your listeners. Absolutely. Yeah, everyone, make sure you get connected with Bill and just see what he's up to and just learn from him as he puts out that free content. And yeah, again, Bill, thanks so much for being on Pencil Leadership today. My pleasure. Can I go swimming now? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> Thank you. And thanks so much for tuning into this episode today. If you found value at all from this episode, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It just helps us get this show, these messages out in front of more people. And don't forget to share this with someone who you think could benefit from listening to as well. Now let's go out and be pencil leaders.